Hey, Crystal, do you like when people tell random stories that don't take the conversation anywhere? Sometimes, especially if they're funny. Do you? I don't. Let's talk more about that. Welcome to A Word From Our Outpost. With Joseph and Crystal Gruber. A podcast for Catholic disciples who are wrestling the missionary minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Direct, O Lord, our actions by thy holy inspiration, that every word and work of ours may begin in thee, and by thee be happily ended. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Joseph. Crystal. I love stories. I do too. Who doesn't? I think it's a pretty human thing to do, like stories. Do you know anybody that doesn't like stories? Sometimes I don't. Why is that? It's a pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I get caught in a conversation... And someone is telling stories, and I don't know why. Or even worse, if I get caught up in a circle of people who tell story to story to story, random occurrences that happened to them or happened to a friend of them or what have you. It's like, oh, this makes me think of this story. And oh, that story about a canyon reminds me of this story about a river. And this story about a river reminds me of a story about an ocean. What if it's hilarious? Sometimes they are. What if they're epic tales? Not often. <laughs> <laughs> so stories in the context of, I'm going to use my quotey fingers here, conversation. Because, I, I mean, depending on how you define conversation, people telling stories at each other is maybe not quite the same as conversation. So is, is that part of your pet peeve when you want to be having an actual, like, conversation, sharing of ideas back and forth, and instead there's just like a dribbling of storytelling. Right. And in a way that it's hard to get a word in edgewise, mm -hmm. and it goes from story to story without any sort of digestion, without any sort of question asking, without any sort of... Processing. Yeah. So, what... Listener, have you ever experienced, experienced this? Hopefully our podcast has not been that for you. <laughs> So why do we tell stories? Because we, like we said, we, we love them. We think it's part of being human to enjoy stories. So it seems a human thing to share all these hilarious adventures or whatever the case may be. But, but what is the point if that's not actually fully satisfying this story desire? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but I... If, if we look at the master storyteller, the one person whose stories we keep going back to again and again and again. Ooh, ooh Jesus. Yeah. Pick me. <laughs> <laughs> but right, the stories that he tells are, 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 are literally inexhaustible. I get tired before the story does. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the story itself, there, there's always more to be had in any of the stories that he tells. You know, I've heard whole talks based on wine line stories from Matthew, I think, 13, where he has a bunch of parables. 13-ish? Anyway, one line parables, and people have talked for 40, 50 minutes on them, um, and still not really exhausted everything from it. So Jesus is a storyteller that you don't mind listening to. <laughs> Sometimes they bother me, but that's <laughs> usually for reason. a good reason. Yeah. Um, and I, we were thinking about like, why does he tell stories? Mm -hmm. Um, it's not for his own good. 
Um, it seems like there are three reasons why he tells stories. Seems to be. So one, for the glory of God. So right. to teach us who the Father is and about his goodness and or other general attributes. Attributes, the glory of God. Uh, the second reason Jesus tells stories, as far as we can tell, is for the salvation of souls. Right. Like some of them will slap you upside the head and call you to repentance faster than anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then a third reason why it seems like Jesus tells stories is for a revelation of self. Yeah. So like he'll talk about the good shepherd and then a line or two later, he'll say, I am the good shepherd. Also, I'm the sheep gate. Um, so we can learn more about who Jesus is and what he's about through the stories that he tells us. Right. Which kind of goes along with the glory of God and the revelation of God since Jesus is God. But it does seem to be handy to see like he's talking about the father and the work of the father. He's telling this to his audience for the salvation of their souls. But he's also in the process of telling the story, revealing himself. Um, so th- those seem to be his three main reasons as far as, I mean, rough sketch, right? Mm-hmm. There may be some more, but those were the primary ones we sort of thought about. So in charity, I we'd like to think that when other people are telling stories, that maybe, just maybe, at least one of those three things at least could be present. Yeah. I mean, that would be the hope that, I mean, it it is maybe an uncharitable move to say this person is telling this, this story to me for no reason. Well, and, and this is where we, I have a little bit, I, I tell you stories for no reason, at least no, no intentional reason on purpose initially. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I do too sometimes. Like today, not to get political, but I listened to a podcast because we're recording on a solemnity and I gave up podcasts for Lent. And so I told you about some of the political goings on in the world today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual telling wasn't very pointed mm-hmm. other than I had just heard it and it seemed interesting. Mm-hmm. And yes, sometimes you do tell me stories where, at least initially, neither one of us can see why you told me the story. And and this is interesting because I think um, it's sort of jarring into reality to realize that the story that I told wasn't thoughtful or purposeful. Um, and so I, I think sometimes when, when you call me out on that, it sort of shakes me a little bit because it makes me realize I I wasn't really being attentive to my reality now, I was sort of getting lost in the world of wherever that story was or whenever that story was. And we were talking with some friends last night about storytelling, and they were very clear that calling people out on pointless stories is is too jarring. And that at least, so I had proposed to them that perhaps when someone tells me a story, what I ought to say is, why are you telling me this? <laughs> or why are why are you telling me this? Intonation, I think, matters. Intonation, generally speaking, does matter. But I think the general verdict was that's a, a tough, harsh question to ask. And and I think part of the reason why it feels so harsh is because I think it's sort of culturally acceptable and very common. 
for people to tell stories just for funsies without any thoughtfulness and without any intention or purpose. Um, and, and so to be kind of shaken out of that is, um, well, I, I don't know what other word to use other than jarring. Um, but I think the times that you've asked me that question. And for, for the listeners, I do just ask her, why are you telling me this? <laughs> Luckily, we have a covenantal relationship and I realize that there's got to be love behind the question. There is. But, but Guilty. I often have a hard, hard time receiving the question because I don't always have a good answer. <laughs> and that's, that's hard to admit. Um, so this conversation that we had with our friends let us big shout out to them right now. <laughs> they who do not want to be named. Um, they so I happened upon a better formulation that they thought might be more acceptable <coughs> because it came from uh, I expose vulnerability first before I expose their vulnerability, and so I propose: What if when someone tells me a nonsensical story? For no discernible reason, I say, so sometimes I tell a story and I lose track of why I'm telling it. And then I notice that the listener, they, they lose track too. And sometimes they're just too polite to mention it or, or sometimes they just give up on, on me telling a good story. But I know there's more to your story. I haven't given up. Where are we going with this story? Like where, let me know, like what's going on with you telling me this story right now. Mm-hmm. I think that the heart of that being that I know there's more to this story. I know there's more to this story because there is mm-hmm. right. At the very least, there's a revelation of self that I'm missing. And if I know that a story can reveal the speaker and I just, I'm not seeing it then, um, then to express to them, like I desire to see you, I desire to know you better. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, that desire is more uh, notional than felt <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> like, I know that knowing you more will produce, <coughs> will produce more of a, of a felt d- desire to know you because we, we're Nate, we are made to know one another. Um, there, we're all infinite, unrepeatable mysteries. There, there is something inexhaustible in each of us. Like, we were spoken into existence by God. And when God speaks, he speaks in, you know, unfathomable richness and and we are spoken. And I think the question or statement rather, I know there's more to this story, invites that hope, even if the person didn't intend it or <laughs> or have it in the moment, as opposed to why are you telling me this is a little bit like, okay, do you have a point or not? Because if not, then like, I'm not actually interested. Um, as opposed to, yeah, I I do concede it is a better formulation. <laughs> it was very delightful to come up with a better formulation before the conversation. <laughs> we were struggling. Ended. We were struggling. It was worth it was worth the, the good fight. Yeah. Um, and and so I I think that this is something that I know I'm really challenged by and excited to at least attempt to be more thoughtful about. When do I tell stories? What stories do I tell and and why am I telling them? Um, I think a lot of times I just like to hear my own voice. <laughs> we were talking last week about in simplicity, like 
do we have a proper attachment to yeah. our voice, which should be less than what it is? So true. Yeah. So I think for me, this is going to be something to become more and more aware of in terms of storytelling. I also think it's really challenging to think about when I'm in conversation with other people and they're telling a story and I'm not quite sure why the idea of actually posing, you know, why are you telling this story? I know there's more to this story. That sounds like a hard thing to do. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the reasons why it remains more of a pet peeve for me is because I don't know what to say really. Cause I, I do have a sense of just saying, I don't see the point of the story. Tell me why. Um, is too harsh, and so I don't do it. I like this formulation. I know of several people that I can use it on, including my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's exciting. But but I think even more exciting is it's it's an invitation to to really enter into reality for for myself when I'm thinking of the stories that I'm telling, and for the people that I'm talking to, to know that with a well-asked question, they can come into better contact with one of those three things. That they, they might be telling a story like, um, we've been Catholic missionaries for a while. When we get together with other Catholic missionaries, sometimes we go around and share either a glory story or a horror story from being on mission. And, and to know, like, to hear a story knowing that it's being told to show forth the glory of God... Uh, if I know that's why it's going on, but like that's exciting. Mm-hmm. But if I if I missed that, then um, hopefully I'm with that one. I could pick it up. Uh, but if they miss why they're telling the story and they get lost in the weeds of it and they get you know down a tangent that didn't really go anywhere, to remind them actually your story has a the potential to to reveal the glory of God to the war- world mm. to show forth His work in the lives of the people around us. Makes me think we should record another podcast on how to tell a story well. Oh yeah. There, there's plenty, <laughs> plenty to be done on storytelling. Truth. Um, but even, you know, for the people in our lives who are not Christian, not Catholic, not faithful, not practicing, um, to know that their story might be a revelation of self and, and that that revelation of self is a, is a gift. And, and the more that they give of themselves, um, the more they're walking into light and into truth. And that can't not be uh, more open to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. if somebody's telling me stories because they're, you know, living by themselves all alone and they're, they're lonely and I'm the only one who will listen, to listen to their story, but also to listen to the fact that they're lonely and to draw that out because in their loneliness is a call for communion and that call for communion can be answered to some degree by me if I know that that's actually what's going on. But ultimately it's going to be answered by Jesus Christ. Ultimately he is going to be able to satisfy them in a way that nobody else can. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an existential loneliness that not even you, my fair wife can fulfill. Um, and nothing else can either. Yeah. And, and this is the, the beautiful thing with you know, Jesus's stories, whether it's he's telling it for the glory of God, salvation of souls or revelation of self, they do all sort of point back to him and to, to God, to the Trinity in a, at least a little bit in every story. And the interesting thing is 
with other people's stories, we have an opportunity to also point back to God um, and to, I mean, not to be manipulative or, or conniving or, um, I don't know, to try to draw connections where they aren't, but to look for opportunities for sort of an open spot to introduce the Savior or or to get to know him better or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this will probably be better covered in a separate podcast, but um, like the shape of every story, um, if it really involves conflict and resolution, um, will in its truest form take on uh, some aspect of the story of Christ, mm-hmm. right? All of us, our story maps onto the story of Christ. Um, I mean, that that is what it is to be a baptized Christian is to say my life is now um, inserted into participating in the life of Christ. Um, But all human life was meant for that. And all human life, at least in some fractured kind of way, at least in some kind of um, incomplete but yearning for completion sort of way, is is, um, patterned after the story of Christ. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, to, to go deeper into that, we probably want to prepare a little bit more <laughs> for such a bold claim. If you don't accept that bold claim, fine. We'll have another podcast someday about it. Sounds like a plan. I, I think those are the things we wanted to talk about, about stories, which feels a little funny because I think that it took us uh, the better part of an hour. Mm, two hours. Oh, was it really yeah, that I think we were talking to them for about two hours to hash this all out. <laughs> oh, well, that was so delightful. Yeah. I'm so glad we did that because otherwise this podcast wouldn't have been as good. We should probably repeat the phrase that we, do you want to try it? Cause like I told you a story today and I could have said, Joseph, I know there's more to this story. Would you help me uncover it? You don't want to reveal your own vulnerability first. <laughs> <laughs> should I try again? Why not? So sometimes I tell a story and lose track of why I'm telling it. You do, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I notice usually that the listeners lost track too, and it's too polite to mention it, or maybe the listener's just given up on me telling a story that's any good. And so with the story you're telling me, I know there's more to it. I haven't given up. Where were you going with this story? I honestly have no clue, but I think if you ask good questions for a little while, <laughs> we'll come up with a good reason for it. Because the mainstream media and podcasters and everybody have been talking about this for years, and there must be a good reason. (laughs) And maybe it's just my disbelief about why anyone would have spent so much time talking about it that I brought it up to you. (laughs) But maybe we can see sense in it. I like that you answered, actually, for the story that you told me that we have only vaguely spoken of. And still made just a very vague illusion. <laughs> and it would take someone who really is up on the news to, to catch what we're talking about. And to be listening to the podcast in a timely fashion. Oh, yeah. So if you're listening to this several years from now, I was talking about the... No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I... look at the publication date and then do like a search with whatever search engine is now popular in your time period. <laughs> All right. I don't know that we have anything more to say. 
about telling stories in conversation. Okay. Yeah, it's an examination of our conversational conscience. Do I tell stories? What are the stories? Why do I tell them? To whom? For what purpose? Well, and this is one other thing that we did talk sort of tangentially about during our conversation last night. And then you and I talked about a little bit more is, you know, part of what makes the question, why are you telling this story kind of jarring is because it, it can make the person feel foolish if they don't mm. have an answer. And and thinking about with storytelling, there isn't necessarily something sinful in telling stories although i mean there there might be like a root sin going on of like pride or vanity or something but like generally speaking the actual storytelling in it in and of itself isn't a sin um and and so this tension of foolishness like calling out somebody's foolishness isn't um i don't know if necessary is the right word but as much as calling out somebody's sin is, right? Like if I don't call out somebody's sin, if they don't know better, there comes some sort of culpability. And so then what does it look like to graciously help somebody be a little less less foolish or a little less um, undesirable to be around? Oh, yeah. Because we did talk about this, didn't we? That, that the people who are telling pointless stories don't always know that their audience is being turned off. Because we want to know the story has a point. Like the best story of all time is a story that has the biggest point. You know, the the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus is the best story. In part because the the point is that it changes my life. Um, and that it's true. Um, and to have a story that has no impact on anything or anyone. Um, and it, there, there are people who just go around telling these stories. And maybe nobody's ever ask them the question why and they've never thought about it and to be the person to talk to them about it and to let them know there are other conversational avenues we could explore and maybe you would have more friends (laughs) but that's not what you want to actually say to somebody oh awkward um but yeah so recognizing that it it's it's one thing to look at your own storytelling and and why you're doing it and to try to be more purposeful and intentional it's a very delicate thing to explore somebody else's storytelling because it does open up vulnerability it does reveal self and i I think that's an interesting thing is is even if the story isn't a good story it it can be sort of self-revelatory in in a negative way and that's hard and to be aware that that's uncomfortable and potentially offensive so being gracious and charitable and and acting in humility and all those things is but acting right to to take the action knowing that it's awkward because people are actually capable of much more Mm -hmm. Um, and if nobody's told them what that much more looks like then they're not going to be able to to do and become at least in that particular area, who they're called to be. It's like presenting the gospel to somebody and inviting them to to receive the gospel. If nobody does that for them, how are they ever going to be able to do that? Um, this is a much more minor area. You know, here's a conversational quirk of yours that you don't actually need to be yourself. And if, in fact, might be preventing you from being the fullest version of yourself. <sighs> It seems like an act of charity. 
Mm-hmm. You know, instructing the ignorant is a spiritual work of mercy. And not an easy one. No. Praise the Lord. Praise him, because <laughs> it's either that or I just let it be a pet peeve that bugs me instead of being proactive and loving, right? There, there's nothing loving in being annoyed at somebody for, um, or, for, for missing the opportunity for real intimacy, right? And I think that's one of the things that bugs me more is that th- this was an opportunity. You know, I set aside time to get coffee with someone. We set aside time to have people over and like, because we were afraid to ask better questions, we missed out on at the very least the revelation of self that they were probably trying for. Mm-hmm. Um, but also maybe they had a message for us, a, a moral in the story that could have helped shape our lives. Maybe our souls were the ones that were going to be saved by a story that we just weren't willing to wrestle with with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe um, we would have been able to be more struck in awe by, by the grandeur of God. If we had just, just wrestled with it a little bit more. Yeah. And, and to say, you know, I don't want to wrestle it with, with this particular person. Cause I don't think they would win. It's not, it's not a, it's not a matter of winning a conversation. Conversations aren't one. It's like you, you don't win a dance, right? Okay. Maybe you could win a dance off. Maybe. I've won a dance competition before. Well, you have, <laughs> um, yeah, that destroys my point. Sorry. <laughs> but generally speaking. Generally speaking, you dance to to be with the other person. Mm-hmm. And if if there's a way to be with someone more intentionally, more intimately, and we pass on that, uh, we're the ones who are missing out. We're, we're the ones who are being shortchanged the most. We're shortchanging each other. Thought... I don't know if our listeners will be up for it or not. I don't know either. But it would be fun to have people share stories on our Facebook page of better story sharing. How do you mean? Maybe we could start a little post and if somebody has a moment where they are able to transition themselves from sharing a story kind of not purposefully and and noticing it and then making sure to be more purposeful and or successfully, I hate to use the word successfully, but I'm in love, are able to call somebody else to a higher level of storytelling. That would be neat to hear about. It would be neat to hear about. Or you could just, you know, call us or text us if you're friends. <laughs> or email us if you are if you just are a potential friend. Mm-hmm. We have an email specially devoted to this podcast. Our Outpost at gmail.com we've never gotten any real mail there yet maybe i shouldn't admit that (laughs) just notifications you've signed in with a different device yeah i checked my email to see if anybody emailed that particular address from a different device anyways um but also feel free to uh like us on facebook um to review us on itunes um i imagine other podcasting applications have reviewing options as well. Uh, You're always welcome to do that. We'd love to hear about how we can get better. You can email that to us. And what we've done well, you can review us on that. We'd also love to hear your stories in general, if there's anything from any of the podcasts that have been transformative or helpful. Oh, yeah. Because these podcasts, they're not just for listening to. They're meant to actually be enacted upon. Like, hopefully we live better lives because we've had these conversations. But hopefully, uh, 
I mean, my hope is that people will have conversations about these topics, come up with even better ideas than us, and live out those better ideas. And if we can be like the little germ of a seed of a night of a, a nugget of a a thought, um, that would be awesome. All right. Anywho, shall I close in prayer? Please. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and teach us to pray. Thank you for the stories that we have been entrusted with, um, and I pray for discerning hearts in our own storytelling and in our receiving of stories told. We ask this um, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Take my hand let's be on our way And now finally I can say that I love you Yes, I from our outpost to yours, thanks for listening. And a special thanks to John Mark Skoke. That's S-K-O-C-H. For the music. Check him out on Spotify. <laughs>